ladies and gentlemen. This podcast, Film Jerks, is truly one of the most spoiler-filled film podcasts ever recorded. It contains ridiculous opinions, which under no circumstances should be listened to by anyone that has a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset by film spoilers. We urgently recommend that if you are such a person, or parent of a young and impressionable child now listening, that you skip to the end of the podcast for our ratings and live your lives free of disagreeing with overtly opinionated people. You'll live longer. Film Jerks is a group where we, as a community, pick a film to watch, then discuss like little old ladies in a book club. Only our films have decapitations and nude slumber party pillow fights. If you wish to become part of the conversation and become a film jerk, go to the Facebook group and join. Film Jerks can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Smart Radio. Welcome to Film Jerks, the podcast where I and uh, some amazing guests discuss films like little old ladies in a book club. Only our films have survival bags and explosive collars. On the discussion panel tonight is, of course, returning guest Cole. Cole, how are you today? I am doing fantastic, man. And I'm, I'm so glad to be here. And then I'm proud to say that we have a brand new guest with us on the discussion table. And that guest, of course, is Vaughn. Vaughn, how are you today? I'm doing great. Doing great. You know, long time listener, first time on the show. It's a, it's a fantastic way to start it out uh, on the infamous fucking movie uh, that you guys <laughs> have been trying to do for years, it seems like. <laughs> I know. We keep trying this film and it's, it, it's, it's very, very difficult. But finally, thank you guys for coming together so that we can talk about Battle Royale.
before Hunger Games and before Survivor and even before PUBG and uh, Fortnite, there was, of course, Battle Royale. The story takes place in this alternate Japan where they pass basically a law called the Battle Royale Act to control unruly kids. The film begins with some history about the main characters. First, we find Suya, who finds his father has committed suicide. And then we also then get to meet uh, Noriko, and she finds the, her teacher. Uh, and uh, he gets, of course, stabbed by a student. And because of that event, he eventually does resign. And then that brings us to, of course, Battle Royale. Uh, what are your experiences, first of all, with the film Battle Royale? Uh, it's a very surprising and intriguing film with uh, some phenomenal moments. I, I watched it for my gorgeous fiance, who is a huge Hunger Games fan, and I, I have no knowledge of Hunger Games. She kept sitting there uh, just talking about that Hunger Games had ripped this off. You know, that's that's what I heard for uh, two and a half hours, and it's a long movie. Yeah, it, it seemed like a hefty trip, which which I appreciate. Because I'll tell you, man, by the end of the first hour, I was fucking exhausted. I mean, this is traumatic because uh, the death scenes are not easy. They're not quick. And the emotion is is given full arc. My reaction to this film, having finished it, sure uh, sure makes the Belko experiment look like Charlie Brown. You know, that's for sure. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of uh, Beat Takashi's work and, and uh, the director Kenji Fukusaku's uh, overall work, The Green Slime, Samurai Resur uh, Reincarnation, Doberman Cobb. He's made a lot of great films, the Battle of the Battles of Honor and Humanity series. So when this popped up, it's like, you know, one of those where it's like he's kind of going back to like these kind of great ideas. It's, like this, it's just a weird kind of throwback. And it was automatically a cult film as soon as I started hearing about it. And I did my best to try to find copies of it. And I still have my old bootlegs of this of this film that I would require from, you know, different people over the years until they actually put it out on Blu-ray a couple years ago. Do you have multiple versions of this film then? Yes, I have like maybe like three or four different copies of, of this because the film was released two different times because it was such a huge hit. Mm -hmm. um, they went back and shot new scenes and stuff like that. So there's two versions of the film. There's an extended cut. And there's a regular theatrical. With the, if if there's no basketball scenes in the film, in the version you guys watched, I saw there, one with basketball scenes. That was the special edition. That's the special edition. Yeah, because oh. they went back and actually shot the, added those scenes into it. But I was so fascinated by it because it was such this kind of like phenomena. Because back in the 2000s, a lot of when you were trying to hunt stuff down, it was mostly through bootleg. A lot of Japanese, Korean, and and uh, Chinese films were kind of like constantly just find them on bootleg DVDs. I know it's such a, a different kind of film because you have a guy like Beat Takashi playing a character that's unbeknownst to like a lot of the films he's played over the years. And and I remember from reading the book when the book finally got translated a couple years ago that his character is much more of a psychopath kind of bloodthirsty type of dude. <laughs> uh, and in this film, he's you know he's very laid back. You know he he you could see that he kind of takes some kind of like some kind of happiness. In, in seeing, especially the first kid, because the first kid is the one who stabbed him in the ass uh, at the beginning of the film. He takes a very kind of happy, he takes kind of gleeful in, in blowing his neck up. 
but the rest of the kids, he seems to be like, eh, whatever. You're all kind of jerks. I can't wait to see you all die at some point. But in, if I remember correctly, in the book, he was much more a uh, gleeful psychopath who was just very happy for all these kids to, to kill themselves off one by one. But it's it's always been a fascinating thing for me. It's always it's always been a fun film that I watch. And you know, when you started posting about this, then you were going to do it on the show at some point. I was like, oh, I need to be on this. It's just one of those. It's one of my favorite films. Uh, as for me, this is about the third time I've seen it. Originally, I watched this with a group of friends, and this was years ago. I honestly didn't like it at the first time because I thought, wow, this is over the top. And, and I laughed a little bit in some parts where I shouldn't have laughed. But then uh, watching it the last few weeks or so, I, I watched it a couple months ago, and then I watched it again today. And I saw things that I just didn't notice the first time. And it was like, wow, this is, this is really a, a very deep film. It had a lot of layers. And I think also, too, all the events that have happened uh, recently with school shootings have kind of put things in perspective for me, and it's changed the way I look at this film. So over the years, have, has your opinion of the film changed, Vaughn? The whole concept, I think, would never really happen. You know, I think it's such a, it's a, such, a such a crazy kind of like science fiction future world uh, concept that I don't think any country would ever put this into act. But mm-hmm. the the one thing that always stayed true to me with the film, I mean, yeah, the first time I saw it, I was kind of, I was weirdly blown away by it. And it's kind of, it's gleeful portrayal of like teenagers and like how, how kind of it, that kind of gets it like, like really well it really really works on the whole angle of all these kids especially like with japanese school kids they're they're all kind of stuck in the same class for so many years together that they all have their own little cliques and stuff like that within that big class of 20 something kids that you know you can just see it within the film i I love all that stuff yes there there are some goofy scenes when they're fighting each other and stuff like that where they're straight up some of them are pensive and they don't want to do it and they have no choice and then you have the, like the two kind of you know what they call them exchange students, the two kids who are brought in from other from other battle royals, mm-hmm. um, and they have two different kind of concepts. One's a complete nutbag. The other one is here to try to, I guess, make a name for himself. Like kind of, he doesn't want to die here. And he's going to have to win regardless of what he does. But no, I don't think I, my opinions really haven't changed on the film. I think it's I think that it's not talked about enough nowadays as it was eighteen years ago. You know, because the whole kind of film had a whole lot of issues with being released here in the States. And I think just because of that, and I think the fact that it's not really looked at anymore, I think it's a film that needs to be looked at and kind of start doing pieces on it. Would be, I would love to see some of the, you know, the all these kind of horror sites and stuff like that, or these movie sites that are into this stuff, rewatch this film now and actually give a good assertion of it. But it's a, cra- it's a crazy concept, but I, I like I like the way the kids are all drawn. Like, like, you know, they're all kind of really honest, even though some of these, the people who play the kids in these film in this film aren't particularly kids, but a lot of them are. A lot of them are 15, 16 year old kids. You know, they're really like honest, like insanely honest <laughs> how they portray, their portrayal of, who, of, of, of just being teenagers. It's really cool. To Cole now, from, from the standpoint of a person that's first time seeing this film, what stands out for you? about this film what what sort of things just pop at you uh, message wise and and so forth personally i mean you know the first half hour of this movie completely recaptures um being in high school joining high school getting into high school i mean it 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 
to me, high school was a fucking nightmare. And uh, the teachers were a nightmare. Go ahead and Google Evansville, Wisconsin High School or uh, Viola, Wisconsin High School. And perhaps they've taken the, 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 the uh, child abuse claims off the Wikipedia pages. But to me, it was not a fun experience. So to me, the, the, the notion that these kids are all stacked into a room with a teacher who just fucking hates them and who's ready to exploit them rang true. After a while, the movie wore thin a bit, just in t- in terms of recycling tragedy. Mm. Like, every death is so horrible, and everybody has to die so terribly. And then, I believe in the last act of the film, you know, the, the girl who was the most violent is a victim of child abuse. And mm. you sort of lost the notion of these authoritative, perverse adults that the future of these kids wasn't in their hands and they had to kill each other to get on top. I think that's the core of the story. And I do think that's lost. This movie might've benefited from God damn, like 15 minutes coming out of it. <laughs> just so there wasn't quite so much, just one kid killing another, killing another. And, you know, cause it's just way too up. It's just like, it's a rhythmic thing. I think if they cut about 15 minutes out of it, a lot of those deaths might have had more impact. But to me, the, the, where this movie works the best is an older generation exploiting a younger generation, making them kill each other to get on top. Mm. And man, the performances, especially by these young people, are phenomenal. This movie works at its best because of their work. The story is an alternate history, and what ends up happening is that a lot of kids stop going to school. They become very unruly, and so these this generation of people running the uh, country think that the only way that they can correct this is by passing a law that puts fear uh, into these kids. But unfortunately, I think it kind of backfires because based on this film itself, it all, it seems like the students don't even know that this is happening. What the Battle Royale Act or is, is they take a class, they select a class from all of the classrooms in Japan, and then they take them to a deserted island, and they basically give each of them a weapon, and they have uh, explosive collars around their necks, and they have three days to eliminate all the competition so that there is one left Otherwise, all the collars will explode and they will all die. The way the government is supposedly justifying this is that they're researching war and they're uh, trying to study these kids to understand what it is that gives humans survival instincts. And that's how they're justifying it. You know, that's how government works, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So they, yes. they kind of hide it. But their their true intent intention was, of course, to either eliminate the unruly kids uh, to scare the parents into this kind of attitude where, uh, you know, they all have to behave and they have to make their kids behave too. Yeah. The kids are so preoccupied with their own kind of lives that they just totally forget about this. It's just, it's great because even the fact that you have the film starts with um, saying that, you know, all the, all the downturn and everything like that, and the government created this role. And then it cuts to a scene of news reporters um, seeing the survivor of the last battle and they're just kind of all shocked one that it's a girl one that she seems to have this like really hectic grin on her face 
covered in blood and they're just you know but like the parents are all paying attention to this the adults are all paying attention the kids just don't you know they have nothing they have more better things to do which is cause havoc and it's kind of like a weird it's like as if um like a clockwork orange was is, is a mix in this film because all the kids seem to be preoccupied with what's going on outside of school and their own just kind of hanging out lives that they don't really pay attention and oh this is still going on you know, and then when they get when they when an actual class gets picked, they're all horrified to realize that oh wait, we were part of the raffle and we're now having to do this. And most of the kids kind of they all try to re- continue their lives. They all they all pretty much act like they're just sitting on this island to do things. But like the two, the, you have the two the couple that jump off the cliff to kill themselves because they don't want to be a part of this. You have you know the clicks like when we get in we get introduced to one of the the bad guys. They all kind of try to beat him up because he got like a fan yeah, as his weapon, and he just takes them out instantly because he's already done this before. And they think because they're a bunch of bullies, they can just push him around, and it's just you know death. And you have like the bitchy girls who know that they have to be bloodthirsty. You know they're bloodthirsty with their words, but they know that they can use a weapon, and kill these under you know the girls that are under them with no problems. And it just takes this hierarchy of just like all these kids working together and i'm like i can i can agree with the whole kind of cutting something cutting stuff out like later in the film there's a scene with like a there's a dream sequence with the katono katashi's character and the our main girl in the in the film which you know is quiet there's nothing to it it's a black and white sequence it's a weird scene (laughs) and like the first time i saw it i was like what where is this happening where's this going (laughs) like i don't (laughs) and even in the extended version it kind of explains it a little better Mm -hmm. but like it still could probably be missed. I, I don't. I'm. I'm not a. I'm not a person who doesn't really mind all the all the murders. I mean, I think every when everybody when a, every person dies, they die for a, a certain reason, either because they they come in contact with the wrong person, or just plain like stupidity. Because it just people just die accidentally. There's certain kids that just kill themselves because they don't want to, you know. Yeah. You know they don't want to hurt anybody, so they rather kill themselves. You know, we have those two. We have two others who, another couple who hang themselves together because they don't want to be a part of this. You know, and there's some of these characters who are gleefully just going out there and murdering, even though they want because they want to survive. They want to be the last ones. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just from the start when you're introduced to uh, Katono's character and he gets stabbed in the ass, and it's just like okay, and it's like he and he gets retribution like a couple minutes later from the same kid before he gets to blow him up. Like he just goes right up to him and just sticks a knife right in his right in his leg and stabs him right in the same place and then before that he's like there's this girl that's constantly talking he throws the knife at her head and just like wow Uh man uh my thoughts are very direct i I think high school is horrifying i agree with stephen king that i don't if you enjoyed high school i don't trust you when i was a freshman in in uh viola the, the principal would literally call you out of your classroom in the middle of class to go to initiation. An initiation was where the uh, seniors would have you do a bunch of fucked up things, man. Whether it was roll rotten eggs down the hallway in front of the school on your nose, or, I mean, there was a bunch of things they could do. And this reminded me a lot of, of that. Just the notion that you wake up somewhere as an enthusiastic student And you're surrounded by uh, very sinister people who don't want to educate you. They kind of 
want to belittle you and find out exactly what you're made of. And after that, uh, the film sort of, you know, the film's success depends on whether or not you buy into the editing and the action. So uh, what do you guys think about the rules of the Battle Royale? They're given a bag uh, with a map and some water and some supplies. And they've, they're wearing a collar, which allows them to basically, if they try to take it off, of course, it explodes. Uh, but, but none of the weapons are equal, correct? All that the is weapons correct. are just oh, like it's a, it's a shit show. It's a, it's a shit show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Because certain people run out. Like our, our two main uh, protagonists, one gets a pot lid and one gets binoculars. I mean, that's just like you're, you're screwed like with that. And the deliberately the one, the other one, the other one of the kids who was brought in the, the our are kind of our third protagonist because he's the survivor who had the really tragic way of surviving his his uh, battle royal. He comes back into the room after he's already gone through his bag and said, nah, and threw the bag at them and said, I want a better bag. And grabbed, and <laughs> yeah. grabbed a better bag. Yeah, totally. And runs back out, you know, and it's like, because he knows, he knows what's going on. He knows like, and all these kids are, they, they, they're, yeah, they see the rules, but it's like, no. And then they, when they get out there and they open their, it's like, oh, Nope. Uh, well, he no. can probably tell just by the weight of the bag. You yeah. know, well, there's mm-hmm. nothing good in here. Yeah, he probably yeah, he doesn't get that far. Yeah. What weapon do you, would you have preferred in if if you were in the battle royale? What weapon would you wish to have gotten? Um, a bazooka, probably. A bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the the fat kid who had the crossbow at the start, like he's hiding out on the top of the hill, taking kids out. Uh-huh. And they're running out of the room. I think that was pretty smart. I think I'd probably be all fine with that because, like, a gun would just, you know, the, the bullets would constantly, you know, if you're not used to holding a gun or shooting a gun, you would be shooting that thing all over the fucking place. And it doesn't seem like they had much, you know, ammunition. Um, and, and pretty much the, the two kids that are that are smart and know what's going on are just stealing weapons left and right and center from anybody they find. Unless well, and, you're unless you're really good with it, like unless you have a, like a hand weapon, it seems like the best one because you know you can at least keep using that. You run out of weapon, you run out of bullets, you run out of bullets, you're kind of screwed there. Exactly, and with the crossbow, he could just pull out the bolt and then yeah. use it again. Start and over. Yeah. He was smart because I mean he was one of the first ones out, and he just sit there and like peg everybody as they come out, take yeah. their weapons, and yeah, because they weren't ready for it. Of yeah. course, he wasn't ready for it. Yeah, the, the only bad part is he falls down the hill because of his big roly poly butt. He just <laughs> slides, he rolls right down the hill, and then he <laughs> loses it, and he gets killed. And he gets killed by his friend when he charges him. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe not that great. Yeah. If I had to be in this thing, I'd like to be yeah. an army guy who's just sitting there waiting, like just hanging out. <laughs> because they they yeah, they don't do anything. The only two people who really kind of do anything in that group are the the head army guy who's constantly getting the teacher to like, all right, what are we doing? Like, yeah. okay. Are you watching the video screens? No, I don't care. Like, yeah, and you know, he's just like, I'm not paying attention. Just give me the reports every three or four hours so I could just put them over the PA. I, I really I wanna be here, but I really don't want to be here. Uh, one criticism that people used to tell when I used to when I show this to fil- people the fil- this film is the constant like well we just saw all these kids die why did they kind of do a black screen and then show all the names of every kid and boy and girl of like and then how many to go and I'm, I'm like well I guess they want to just keep you in tech because there is like you know forty people or something like that nope. that are all gonna die by the end of the by the end of three days so they want you to just keep in line especially when it's a big body count. When it's more than like four or five people, and they well, said, "Oh, that's kind of, that kind of gets a little redundant after a while." And it's like, 
Yeah, it does, but it's like, you know, I guess it, it's trying to keep some kind of a stimulants of like, okay, these are all people. This is their yeah. name. This is the number that they were given from the game. Yep. So, you know, try to be some, try to be remorseful in some way. You know what I mean? And, and the film is constantly doing that. Like from the end picture where they show the classroom of all the students, yeah. the, 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 my edition had the basketball game where they're all kind of together. Even, even the psycho lady, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, she, she was even actually for a moment with them. And then she went off. And then also, too, in the one scene where Katano and the, the three end game survivors uh, go into the one room, you can see on the blackboard all the children's names and who's, who's died and they crossed them out in their yeah. thing. It's just a constant reminder that, like you said, these are people. They aren't just statistics. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cole, what weapon would you like to have if you were in Battle Royale? My my weapon of choice is a wooden baseball bat. Uh, always. <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, uh-huh. uh, the baseball bat wouldn't fit in that that backpack they were tossed. So <laughs> I don't know, man. I would like to think that nobody would fuck with me. I'm such a nice guy. I'd like to think I would get out there and my heart would do the fighting. You know, uh-huh. who's gonna who's gonna kill me? I mean, really, Jesus, you're gonna I, kill me? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't kill you. <laughs> If I was in a battle royale with you, we'd be dead on the third day because both of our heads would explode. Yes. Exactly. Uh, I, that's not a good answer. Um, <laughs> I, I have the wooden baseball bat by the front door, and I, I think that's a good weapon. I've fired guns. Uh, I can do good with them. I can twirl them, but I, I, I prefer a good hefty stick, an axe handle or a baseball bat, something you can have in your hand. So, of, of course, there are lots and lots of deaths right off the bat. You know, we've got the two kills, uh, both of by the teacher. We've got the one where he's throwing the knife at the girl's head and Indeed. then blows up Nabu's neck. <laughs> the, the example of how the explosive collars worked. That was kind of cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> what was my reaction to her neck fucking exploding? <laughs> it was pretty crazy. Yeah. You know, and I, I thought uh, the effects were really good and raw. Mm-hmm. And I thought the editing was good because I don't know what the budget to this was. And when I was watching it, you just sent me the link to Netflix. I didn't even know what year it was released. <laughs> so I was watching it fresh. like, And it just goes to show you what how well practical effects hold up. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, when was this made? What I mean, really, what was the year? 2000. 2000. This thing could have been made fucking yesterday. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm not joking. It looks, I I had no idea what year this was made. It didn't scream 1991. It didn't scream 1982. You Mm -hmm. know, it just, it was a a work of horror fiction that, that stood on its own because the practical effects were, Sure, some of them worked better than others, but they were present and they yeah they rock. Uh, the editing and the effects are really on par. Yeah. you know they're it's not it's and not it, some fake CG is, blood spray. Well, it is actually. Oh, is it really? Some some of the scenes they do incorporate CG blood. They kind of just to have a bigger spray. Like there yeah. is there's practical, but there is also like the scene where Nobu when he gets his head blown off. 
that's a that's a combination of practical and CGI. Oh, um, Roger, Roger. When the yeah. two when the two girls who were trying to get everybody else to come to them, and the one shoots them, you know, the the, the one crazy one shoots them to death. Roger, um, that's a combination of CGI and, and practical blood spray. But it, mostly it's practical. I think it's just what I've what I've read why they did that. It was just pretty much just to make the blood look like it was actually spraying higher than it was. You know, just to kind of get the the whole group kind of shocked on what they're on what they're involved in. You know, you have the one the one girl who gets killed instantaneously, the knife to the forehead, and then the the explosion of blood that goes on. It just completely freaks the whole group out. And when they're all right, well, now we're going to give you your bags, and you're going to go outside and try to figure out how to do this game. Were you paying attention to the rules? Um, maybe. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the thing is, yeah, like you guys are talking about the video. The video is such a a video that you would see presented in a TV classroom. It's it's a it's a woman who's probably in her mid you know mid to late twenties, um, trying to relate to 14, 15 year old kids, and she's dressed up like, oh, this is something hip that's happening now, but it's you know it's specifically just like a a par- you know a parent and adult idea of what the kids would think would be cool. And it's like, okay. And then it's all these crazy. And she's just like, oh, whoopsie. Like, oh, no. And like, she pulls the axe out. It's like, ah, like, it's like, you know, yeah. It's like, it's like, you know, you make it a good bag, you make it a bad bag. And she pulls out the big axe. It's like, ah, I'm like, great. You have uh, three days to, to hopefully kill each other. And I think it's for such, it's not a big island. It's actually quite small, like 10 kilometers or something. Yeah. But they're able, they, they all hide pretty within the matter of the first day. They all. Mm-hmm. They all make pretty good headway, you know what I mean? Like I was kind of expect like like if it was my graduating class mm-hmm. of the uh, three hundred or so kids or four hundred or so kids that graduated my high school my, when I my senior year, mm-hmm. um, I think it would have been just a full a full on just fist fight right as you walked out of the door. <laughs> I, I no one would have made it past yeah out of the building because it, people would have just started fighting right then. It's like okay, well, what do we have to do? Oh, we just got to kill each other as soon as we as soon as we get uh, you know out of here. Okay, just automatic battle royale right there. Just everybody going to going to shit, and it would be done within a, within a fifteen minute period because everybody would have shot or killed themselves mm-hmm. right then and right then and there. Well, and the and the girls that were trying to get them to group up had the right idea. I was thinking right off the bat, it's like, well, you just armed all the kids. Why did the kids just kind of get together and just attack the soldiers? And only the hackers, the three, the three of them, well, the one hacker and the two lackeys, uh, yeah. yeah, right, uh, were the only ones that seemed to like actually have a plan that would have worked against the soldiers. This is so typical high school. You yeah. know, you guys got a plan, but no, you guys are going to use your clicks and screw things up. Ah! <laughs> uh, so, of course, there are some deaths. And we got Tuya and uh, uh, Noriko. And they run into Wada, who was the mm-hmm. veteran of uh, the game. He's one of the two veterans. The other one is uh, Kiriyama. Yeah. Uh, Kir- Kiriyama is just this insane bastard. <laughs> And you can see that with that character that this whole idea of this battle royale, like what the government's trying to go for, just fails. Mm-hmm. Because he's a character that's yeah, he's he's a he's a crazy person who likes to do this. He, he enjoys murder and mayhem. And it's like he's supposed to put fear into the kids who who are, you know, witnessing witnessing this outside of the kids who are actually being forced to uh part it. But it's like He's just like, you know, he probably was given the option to like, all right, well, we're going to do it again. We want to bring some kids in. Would you be willing? And he's like, "Uh uh-huh, sure. Yeah. But (laughs) kill a whole bunch of kids I don't know. Sure. I'll be be there. 
And then you have the, you have that other the other character who's got the the kind of like the screwy like um, Bogart esque kind of attitude towards the whole thing, where it was this like romantic thing with the with the woman he loved who backstabbed him, mm-hmm. and you know, and she and he ultimately had to put a bullet in her because she tried to kill him first. <laughs> and it's like it's like oh my god, how freaking yeah! It's so melodramatic out of the whole film. Like it's the most melodramatic part of that whole film. It's like this one guy who's like. I'm coming back to you know prove my to prove my worth, and it's like really like why did were you forced into this this time? Like were you forced again into this, or did you agree to it? That's the one thing. If I I, I don't remember correctly if there if that he if he was forced into this again, you know, no, I, because, he did he did volunteer, but no, he did volunteer. We, we find did, out reasons why a little bit later with yeah. his character. So that's mm-hmm. it's good. But at this point, you're like just like you're thinking right now. It's like why would he do this, especially. After yeah. what he did, especially when you hear his when you hear his story, it's just like Jesus. Why the fuck did you come back? <laughs> exactly. Like, what's the point? It's like you should have. I would have ran so far fucking away. I wouldn't. I would have left the goddamn country. It's like no. <laughs> like, like all my friends are dead. The woman I love is dead. Yeah, let me go back and prove myself to this game. Yeah, what? No, no, go away. Just go. Go live as a farmer somewhere. It's like no. No, I have to prove myself. Okay, sure. He'd probably run off, and then we'd find him in like Hunger Games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. Jeez. <laughs> but uh, so we we get the two main uh, characters uh, basically getting together with the veteran, and then suddenly they're attacked by Kiriyama uh, in the clinic, and this forces uh, Suya to lead him away. And then there's a battle between the two, and then he, of course, is saved by one of their friends. Sugimura, and uh, he eventually basically escaping Kiriyama by diving off of a cliff, which for some reason kills everybody but those two people whenever they jump. Uh. (laughs) So Sugimura takes Tsuya to the lighthouse where there are, I believe, six girls that have banded together. Unfortunately, in an earlier scene, uh, Tsuya because he has a t- uh, run in with one of the guys with um, was it the hatchet? Uh-huh. Uh, they, they go tumbling down a hill and then they end up with the one guy that attacked uh, Suya with the hatchet in his head. His girlfriend was down below yeah. and she saw this. And of course she wants revenge. And what does she go and do? She goes and poisons his food. Yes. Which, which isn't the smartest of fucking things to do because you have all these kids, you know, there's a big fight going on and then maybe someone eats something and maybe someone does something else and and they all kind of end up dead. <laughs> yep. And she automatically assumes that he killed her boyfriend on purpose when it was really just an accident and you know she doesn't even give him a chance to explain himself, which would have cleared up the whole fucking thing if she actually went, you know, came out there and said, "Hey, I saw you do this." It's just a it's a it's a crazy friggin' scene that whole thing when you go downstairs and it's like, "Oh yeah, we're sitting and we're making them lunch. Yeah. Okay. And you know, <laughs> and just the dominoes fall where they lay and it's like, oh, okay, well that was that, that, that sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, at this, and it was a whole thing about like, for me, it was, it was the scene that shows trust because nope, they didn't trust him. Some of the girls didn't trust him. We had to lock him in there, which, which they did downstairs. Yeah. You know, you had the group of girls, you had all six of them. They, trusted each other but then all it took was one little poisoning and immediately they're on top of each other killing each other so there really was it was a real fragile trust that they had amongst themselves and 
that was a great scene that showed that. And then, of course, feeling remorse, she goes and she releases Tsuya from his upstairs prison and <laughs> apologizes to her uh, to him and then goes up above and she dives into the cliffs and we find her i shouldn't laugh but we yeah. find her down below and uh yeah and his, so she- hor- his horrified room his like just like completely because he you know he he sees all the carnage that's happened and he's just completely shocked and just hard like not heartbroken but just com- completely fucks everything up because <laughs> Especially so after he tells them the plan that could get them all out. Yeah, and, yeah. Oh my God! It's like, come on, people! It's back to back again. It's like they have yeah. a plan, but no clicks. <laughs> yeah, it's the fact that like even the girl, the girl who's up there, still kind of tending to his knees, kind of asks, "Hey, well, you know, my friend downstairs thinks that you killed her boyfriend," and she's like, "He's like, oh no, no, no," and he kind of explains it to her. But the problem's already the 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 poison's already been kind of set, oh. and it's like, oh yeah, okay, great. And she's and she's kind of remorseful for all this, and you know, and then like a friend, one of the friends eats it, and that's where this whole nightmare starts. It's like, oh okay, I'll bring this one up. No, it's the other one. No, it's like, uh, oh, you know, no. and it's like, oh no. And then yeah, it's a sh- big shootout where all the girls just fucking blow each other apart. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? And they, oh. and they, yeah, in their panic, they can't realize that. Oh, maybe the girl who has a problem with him was the one who did it. No, no, no. Yeah. We'll just kill him. We'll just kill each other. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there actually a favorite death scene that you guys have? Beats beat Takashi Katono's death at the end of the film. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think because I think because his character takes this kind of he such a kind of change. And it's such a weird way to like end that character because, like I said, there's this weird kind of my like, dream sequence where they're sitting there eating icicles and and, they, <laughs> and pops and stuff like that. So yeah. it's such a weird scene. Yeah. When I first saw that particular scene, I thought it was like, "Whoa, wait did did I miss something? Did is he in love with the with um, uh, yeah. Nuriko? But then it was like, no, 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 no. It's it's a daughterly love that he mm-hmm. never had with his own daughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, and the fact that he gets uh, he gets all shot up, mm-hmm. falls to the ground, and then they're all sitting there trying to. And the gun he has in his hand is a water pistol. It's just like yep. it's like, and then yeah, they shoot him to death. He shoots the water pistol. They shoot him again. He falls to the ground. He gets right back up, which is just completely ridiculous, <laughs> and then dies right on the couch. It's like, oh, okay, that's fucking awesome. Like that's yeah, and they're completely shocked. Like the whole fucking time, they're like like mouths agape. Just like holy shit, the fuck just happened? He pulls an Undertaker where he's just kind of laying. St- yeah, like, <laughs> not I gotta answer that phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and but then he shoots his own phone, so he proves that he could have shot them for real. Uh-huh. But, and that shows a lot about his character. Like he really despises what the kids have become because the kids are very much this entitled generation that constantly thought that, you know, Hey, they're, pa- they don't need to listen to their parents. They don't need to listen to their elders. And this whole mm-hmm. scenario came about to show them that, you know, Hey, they, they don't know everything, you know? Yeah. And, and a lot of the, I think a lot of the players before they died learned a lot about themselves. I mean, even the ones that committed suicide, mm-hmm. they learned that, you know, Hey, I, I can't take another life. I'm just going to take my, my own life. And then you get other people like 
uh, Mitsuko, who who ugh, uh, <laughs> with her with her uh, with her sickle thing, she she betrays all of her friends. But then, but then again, you find out about her past and why she has to be strong all the time. Yeah. Then there there was the runner girl who takes her little dagger and stabs the the one admirer in the in the crotch a few times. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, the the young lady who went through the child abuse. Her death scenes stand out probably because that actress had that background motivation. You know, so before you even realize what her backstory was, that actress is playing out those emotions. So, yeah, when she's carving that other girl's uh, neck open with a sickle, that was pretty powerful. And then where he throws the knife in the the girl's head, that's (laughs) one of them. When you realize the impact of what they have around their necks. That's another one. So, so I, I'd point to those. Uh, for me, I would agree with Vaughn. Cantano's uh, death at, uh, became my favorite. Uh, I got to see a lot about his character. His this this whole idea, this whole notion that he really wanted to die. I think he knew what was going on. He sent the the soldiers away. He set up the whole "I'm going to force them to kill me." He really wanted it to be uh, Nuriko. And he yeah. even painted that mural to to kind of like rise her above. You know, you're the daughter I always wanted. Right. You're, yeah. you're the perfect one. Yeah. And that's why he wanted to be killed by her, tried to force her, but ends up having the defender, uh, Suya, kind of doing it for her. I feel oh. that character is that he feels like he failed as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Yes! Yes! Yeah. yeah, he also has, he constantly gets phone calls from his daughter, who all she does throughout the film when she does call him is just, you know, bad mouth him and just don't breathe on the phone. I could smell your stinky, your stinking breath, your stinky <laughs> breath over the phone line. And it's like, it's like really like you just feel like he feels like a failure to this group of kids. And that's why like when he, after he got attacked, he gave up like, and just kind of called it in. And even when, like when we get introduced to the new school teacher, when they're driving the bus, you know, to wherever the hell they're going to go. And they are like, you know, and he gets reintroduced as the teacher He's like, well, your other teacher, well, he didn't particularly care for this ba- for this ruling that we have, so we had to take care of him. And they drag the the gurney out, and they reveal his dead body, all shot up. And it's like, oh, okay, great, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And don't don't let him be the example of an a- adult because yeah. he was not a good one. <laughs> no, that was their, that was his comment. Yeah, not a good one at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's constantly teaching them, and he did. I mean. Every one of those people that that they died, they learned something about themselves. And this adversity, that's kind of like the whole BR act, even though only one can survive. Mm-hmm. And and like you said, the survivors don't necessarily come out proper citizens either. No. Uh, kind of a subplot that's going on with uh, as as the main protagonists are are kind of trotting along through the island, avoiding the the bad areas, the dead zones, because if they walk into the dead zones, their collars will automatically explode. This hacker, uh, his uncle was a, a revolutionary individual who taught him how to make explosives. And he gets his friends to help him set up a plan of attack, a base of operations. And he sets on a, a virus, which gives them basically 15 minutes of chaos because he puts a virus in the main computer of the main base headquarters they're forced to basically reboot the computers. And during that time, they lose track of all the caller trackers. They're, they're getting ready with their truck. They're going to get ready to attack. And yet again, in true high school fashion, there's that one 
prick that screws up the plan. <laughs> uh, you can tell I, I was not very happy with high school. <laughs> but uh, in, in this particular case, it's Kiriyama, and he attacks the hacker group. Uh, but in the process, he gets blinded, which gives kind of uh, uh, Kawada the edge over him and they have this this battle between each other and that leaves the three people left you've got tuya you've got uh nuriko and you have kawada and then kawada then reveals his plan to the other two of how they can escape the island and at first you think oh his plan was to kill them (laughs) and betray them (laughs) just like he was betrayed and and so forth. But then you find out that that all was a ruse because once the callers come back online, there are microphones in them. And so they knew that they were listening. So they wanted to make sure that it looked like he was the winner so that he can get uh, in the facility unharmed. Fortunately for them, Katano sent, sent everybody home except for himself. And he waits for them. And then they have the the final scene where uh, we already explained it, where Katano forces them to kill him. Uh, he gets a call from his daughter. He shoots the phone. He he gets the final cookie. And he says that's a damn good cookie. <laughs> <laughs> and and then then we f- we basically find the scene uh, where they're on a boat. Uh, Kawada dies, and he learns he learns something about himself. That's his revelation. He finds out a little bit about his girlfriend and why his girlfriend smiled and thanked him for killing yeah. her. Mm-hmm. And then we find out that the two remaining survivors are fugitives. Now they go back home and, uh, they actually get the knife that Nabu stabbed in, uh, Katano. Mm-hmm. So, and so now they all have a weapon and that basically ends the story. And, uh, uh, let, let's let's talk about the ending. Let's see what what are your thoughts about the endings uh, of the story. We'll start out with uh, Vaughn. I like how it ends. Like it leaves it ambiguous that these two kids have survived and now they're on the run. Um, it leads very well into the sequel. Um, that kind of isn't that good because uh, the the director of the first film died. Um, like right as it was starting to sh- to shoot, they started shooting it. I think he was able to do. He shot two scenes before he died, and then his son took over, who wrote the original screenplay and the in the screenplay for the sequel. But the second film um, has got nothing to do with the book at all, and it's it's, it's a completely original story. Um, and it's just not as good. I I feel. I don't know if you guys. Well, I it's, don't think you guys got to watch it, but yeah, it, it, Katano's daughter is in that one though, right? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, <laughs> you get to meet her in that film. <laughs> yeah, uh, how about but you, yeah. Cole? Oh, let actually could continue on, Vaughn. But like, I I feel I feel that it really wraps it up pretty well. I, I like I said, it it, you know, it it incorporates everything that that film needs, and you know, you do get you get you know our three main protagonists, you know, very good endings for the for all three characters. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like I like I said, there's you know there's you know like I feel like it, like I, I'm kind of agreeing with you guys as I'm listening to this more and more with you guys talking. Does do cold the fact that he said it should be cut down a little bit because it's it marks at about two hours. Um, but it's just like where to try to find the cuts that don't make it 
Mm-hmm. Um, just feel exploitative or yes, kind of, yes, I totally. It's, it's tough. It's, yes, it's tough. but yes, but, sir. I but totally it, hear that, man. I do. I hear that, dude. Yeah, but it, it ends. It ends very well. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. le- it leaves you with a nice bow when you walk out feeling, you know, you know, like you've had a really good meal, and it's like, oh, okay, good. I didn't. I didn't spend. I didn't waste the last two hours of my life um, <laughs> in this film and actually, you know, have something, you know, and just kind of come out going, oh, that sucked. You know, yeah. and I was actually, you know, and it feels really good at the, when you, when you finish it and you're like, yeah, this isn't, wasn't too bad. It doesn't feel like a two hour film. I, no. I watched it. Through, yeah. It was pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Cole? What are, what are your thoughts about the ending of the film? I, I, I think it's uh, fantastic. I, I love the fact that they both make it out and um, hold hands and uh, escape. You know, I, I think that's great. I uh, they could have done a much cheaper, darker thing, which would have mm. pissed me off. So, yeah, no, I think the ending is perfect. I don't have any any criticisms. Um, I uh, the film itself. Um, I, I don't know, you know, how much longer we're going to go, but. I know I've had a lot of criticisms, but I, I love the film itself. I mean, I think it's, it's, it's might be a masterpiece. I'm just, you know, <laughs> two hours after I finished it, I'm still digesting it. Uh, <laughs> but the ending itself, I, th- I thought was great. I love when a movie that's so fucking brutal can have the courage to end it on a high note. Doesn't matter if it's you know twenty eight days later uh, or maximum overdrive. Anything that can just show you the end of the world and take you out with with a bit of a high note always wins it with me. So for me, I thought the ending was a perfect ending for this film. It tied up a lot of the loose ends and it truly, to me, wrapped up a lot of the characters. It it does not feel like a two hour long film. I was very satisfied with the ending. Uh, With that, then, we'll take a brief break, and when we get back, we'll talk about our final thoughts and uh, ratings for the film, as well as our discussion game, which is going to be Would You Rather tonight. And now, we take a short break. Because we are film jerks and we talk about films like little old ladies in a book club, uh, <laughs> what what we like to do is we like to have discussion games because discussion games uh, basically helps us dive into the material a little bit more uh, than what we would normally be able to do. Uh, tonight's game, of course, is Would You Rather. It was a uh, something that we tried out uh, a few episodes ago and it was uh, very popular. And so we're going to continue it tonight. I've got two would-you-rather questions for our guests, and uh, hopefully they'll be able to 
answer the would you rather question in regards to this film. So, okay. So the question is, would you rather fight your friends or kill yourself? Wow. Well, I'll tell you, man, I am a, a red belt. So I'd fight my friends, man. <laughs> Some of them would probably kick my ass, man. But uh, I, 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 because I, I could, you know, I wouldn't have to hurt him. I could get him all in these weird little, you know, headlocks and shit. Uh-huh. But Vaughn's got his bazooka. At, he's got his bazooka. He's gonna blow your. He's gonna blow your butt all over the. <laughs> Any anything to avoid, you know. If I kill myself, I go into that what dreams may come hell. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. awful. Where I'm constantly looking for the painting that I never painted. Uh, no, uh, that's gotcha. horrible. <laughs> How about you, Vaughn? Huh. It's a good question. I don't know. It's all, it's all according to what, what I came out with. If I came out with a pot lid, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to decapitate myself as fast as possible with that damn pot <laughs> lid. <laughs> but if you... If, if you gave me a fighting chance, I think I because the thing is, I know I, I even though I'm a big dude, I know that like the first guy who would come out be like, oh, I don't want to, and then I get, I just be like, no, I don't want to, and then get killed instantly because I'd be like, no, I can't kill him, he's a good, and then dead, you know, right there because I'd, be, <laughs> I'd overthink it and it just oh. done. So yeah, so uh, it's yeah. pretty much it's kind of a column A, column B, and probably be kill myself because yeah, like I said, it, it, I would. I'd run out and be like, all right, yeah, pull through, I mean, go through the bag, find out what I got. As I'm getting ready to do it, I'd be like, oh, but I, li- I like you in the dead, right then. It's like, weren't dead. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, so. uh, ultimately, uh, it'll probably be me trying to tell, convince somebody or, or go to somebody I really liked, you know, in school and go up to her and say, you know, hey, and then she'll kill me <laughs> <laughs> with, with the bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> So our uh, last uh, would you rather question for the night is, uh, would you rather go it alone or work as a team member? We'll start out with Vaughn this time. Uh, I'd work as a team member. Okay. I can, I can help lift that, that big uh, generator. Uh, generator they found. I mean, easy peasy. I don't think I just need one guy instead of the five guys I need to uh, pull that thing up. The only <laughs> problem is I'd, I'd try to get them. I wouldn't be the, I'd probably help. Get rid of the guy who starts fucking things up on people. Mm-hmm. Though it's like, all right, wait, we might want to get rid of him because you know I'd be the one sitting there paying attention to everything. You're like, hey, let's get rid of that guy over there because he seems to want to fuck it up. Like we want to get out of here alive. He ain't gonna help us. But uh, yeah, so I'd be I'd be more than welcome to be like, oh yeah, you guys need somebody. We you want to do something? Let's okay, let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how about you, Cole? Oh man, I would I would become a ghost. I wouldn't have to kill anybody. I would vanish into the dirt. <laughs> I would dig a grave out there and leave breathing room, man. Nobody would find me. That's uh that's my fantasy. <laughs> you would I would be <laughs> I would I'm like I'm like Dwight from the office, man. I would just vanish in that world. <laughs> I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have to kill anybody. No, honestly, yeah, mm-hmm. I would. I would probably go off on my own and avoid mm-hmm. killing anybody until <laughs> somebody blew my fucking brains out. That's probably, gotcha, gotcha. That's probably what happened. I'm 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 the teamwork guy too. I'm uh when when I play uh, games, I prefer the co-op. If it's competitive or PvP, I just can't play those. I just. Bleh. 
no, I'm just yeah. going to walk out there. You shoot me, shoot me. I mean, <laughs> free points, free points. Come on, guys. <laughs> or, or you, 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 we come up with a plan and we execute the plan until some, uh, some guy messes it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, that's it for tonight's uh, discussion game. What we're going to do next is we're going to go into our final ratings of the film battle Royale. And how we rate things in Film Jerks is we have a three rating system. We have the love it or uh, like it category, which means that you uh, absolutely love this film and you would endorse it uh, to all your friends. Uh, There is the lump it category, which means that you do not like this film. You would not recommend it to your friends. And then there's the in-between category called the "Eh, maybe which is kind of the, again, the category where you're on the fence. You would recommend it with some caveats, or you would uh, not entirely hate it because of this particular scene or whatnot. So uh, let's start out with Cole. I would I would love it. Uh, it's a fantastic horror film. It's challenging. It stayed with me, and you know what? It pisses me off. It pisses me off, and I like that. I like that. <laughs> I really do. I, I like that I'm annoyed and I like that I'm disturbed. I've loved it ever since I saw it originally 18 years ago. And yeah, I continue to try to get people to watch it, even though people kind of go, oh, what's it about? And I'm like, yeah, it's about a bunch of kids who were forced on an island to kill each other. Oh, I'll pass. It's like, no, 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 no. Take, take the Blu-ray. Take, 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 take. Before you leave my house, take this now. <laughs> um, and then when they watch it, they go, wow, that, that was a really, that was a really good movie. Thanks for telling me about it. Yeah, it's just it's it's great. Uh, for me, originally, I was uh, the uh, maybe category, but uh, after after really watching it tonight and then listening to you guys, and that's what I love about this show is that half the time when I listen to the guests and talk with them, I have a much greater appreciation for films, and so this is definitely in a like it category for me. So I do like this film. I would recommend this film now that I've gotten some more of the nuances of the film out. So uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to find out where we can find our lovely guests on the internet where, when they're not on film jerks. So Cole, where can we find more about you on the internet? (laughs) Man, I make super low budget horror movies. I'm on shadows and lovers productions, Facebook, you can find me also on Amazon. The last great horror movie is uh, the film I have available commercially. Check it out. Thank you. It's a great film. I've, I've seen that film, and I love that film. So, All right. Uh, how about you, Vaughn? Um, I am affiliated with two different podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. One is uh, called Podcast Mania, which is run by my friend Charlie Brown. Um, it's a cult exploitation horror podcast that is kind of on a hiatus right now while Charlie figures out a way to get some free time up in Manitoba, Canada from his hellish job and working and being in three or four punk bands at once. You can find that out at podcastmaniafun.com or podcastmania.wordpress.com. And the podcast that I've been doing for close to 10 years now called Motion Picture Massacre it is a horror podcast. It is a show that I do very infrequently. I just recently put out a show on Easter that where I've been doing for the last handful of years where I do Fulci films. It's called The Resurrection of, of Fulci. Uh, I covered The Devil's Honey and The New York Ripper. 
And you can find those podcasts at motionpicturemassacre.wordpress.com. Uh, so we uh, we should. <laughs> how do we want to end tonight? Do we want to do want to say like damn good cookies or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> wow man how about that is that a good way to end it awesome. sure. on three one two three damn, damn good, good cookies, cookies. <laughs>